tease But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born Better call Saul, better call Saul All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man, The Better <laughs> Better Call Saul podcast. I'm Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host Dave. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. My pot's kind of empty today. Ah, see, look at that's gonna be a. It's gonna make sense in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Dave and I, in the off season, we've been working really hard to do something special for you guys. And uh, two weeks ago, we talked to Ray Seahorn, who plays uh, Kim Wexler on Better Call Saul. Great interview. So if you haven't heard that, please look back on your feed or on itsallgoodman.com, or over at our other podcast, Nothing Important, or nothingimportantpodcast.com, and listen to the interview. It, it was a lot of fun. And Dave and I, as we say here, just got off the phone about maybe 15 minutes ago with Julianne Emery, who is who, Dave? Bessie Kettleman. Betsy Kettleman herself. That's right. Uh, talked to us for like a good 20 minutes. Uh, a very funny very funny uh, person. She she was more than happy to speak with us. Yeah, very very cool. Uh, we learned some nice little tidbits. Uh, you know, just like uh, just like the last interview, she gave. You know, we we asked her what it was like when she got the call that she was yeah. like part of the show. And again, <laughs> it's a funny story about how she was just in a weird situation when she got the call and couldn't express her excitement. Which yeah, it's like these. Yeah, everybody. So far, both the interviews have had an interesting story about when they were notified. That they got the gig. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved, uh, she told us a little bit about about the process, and uh, I loved how she said that there was actually dialogue written during the scene that you couldn't hear yeah. when they were admonishing the kids for when they after Mike stole the money. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool because that's not the only scene like that, mm-hmm. and it was cool to find out that, yes, actually every time that they show people talking, they actually write dialogue. They're not just pantomiming some, yeah. some BS. She also talked about how like they improvise and uh, her like, and Jeremy in, Seamus. In and out of scenes. Yeah, yeah. And, and develop the character. So I hope you enjoy the interview with Julianne Emery, uh, Betsy Kettleman. Uh, we're going to keep trying to do these fun little things. It's not. It's probably not going to be every week because it, I guess that's just the way it goes with TV-based right, yeah. podcasts. But... Um, while you're waiting for us to release these interviews and release our sporadic shows in the off season for it's all good men, hop over to nothingimportantpodcast.com. If you haven't, we actually do a lot of great interviews over there as well. We have, uh, we've talked to, um, uh, Kaylee Milliken, who's producing a documentary on Yelp and their business practices called Take, taking down the big man, taking down the big man called a uh, billion dollar bully. Um, we've talked to uh, Greg Johnson who created the classic, t- uh, video game, Toe Jam and Earl. We also got uh, just people that are very passionate about their industries, like C-Note from Two White Crew and Chris from Devil's Trumpet Brewing in Maryville, Indiana. And uh, Eric from Tugboat Coffee. Eric from Tugboat like, Coffee. And all these people like quit really good jobs to pursue their dreams, and it's amazing to hear these interviews. And it's amazing, and, and you definitely want to hear that. We're going to keep working hard for you. We got great stuff coming up. Please tell your friends about both of our podcasts. Please, if you're not on our Twitter or Facebook, do that. So you'll be the first to know about about the interviews and such. <laughs> I thought you were going to say do that. You'll be first to tweet us. You'll be the first to tweet us. <laughs> we need some Twitter love, okay? I'll be, I, Everybody has awesome Twitters except for us. I'll be honest, I don't know how to do that shit. So maybe if you guys start like hitting us up on Twitter, I can figure it out. 
<laughs> if you want to be our social media person, yeah, it was something. So, <laughs> um, but uh, again, thank you for being so awesome and uh, giving us the opportunity to do this for you. You guys are all kick ass. Anything else, Dave? Okay, <laughs> so enjoy it, Julianne Emery, Betsy Kettleman from Better Call Saul. We'll talk to you soon. This one's for the kettleheads. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the Someone Important Hotline, it's Bessie Kettleman herself, Julie Ann Emery. Julie, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> we're, we're thrilled to have you. And we kind of touched on this before. I, I just did the intro for uh, everybody out there listening. Once again, I want to publicly apologize for uh, Pester and Julie on, on Twitter. <laughs> I got to be honest, Julie, I have no idea how Twitter works. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so I'm a, like, I, we have like 15 followers and it's not because we have 15 listeners. It's just because I have no idea how to get like followers <laughs> and, and how to do the whole like favorite tweet and retweet stuff. And uh, I'll get like my own retweets. And I'm like, did I just send that to myself? Like, <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I'm, I really enjoy Twitter, but I'm not sure that I'm a genius at it either. But the first thing is, you know, you, you, you say your, your tag every, every time you do, you guys do a podcast, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, we we can't read it. We're we're, we're nervous. I like but. it. I like the fa- I like it. I like being able to talk to people in a. This is gonna sound weird in a, like a safe environment. You know, like mm-hmm. I like being able to converse with like um, fans and fans of shows, and I'm a fan of other things, and I like being able to find like-minded groups. I think it's really, I like Twitter. I think it's fun. Awesome. I'm a little behind on it, but I'm starting to get into it because Brian will send me things and I'll just be like, I can't read this. I don't know what you're trying to say. So <laughs> you're the social media guy. I just, I make it sound good. You know? Like, I don't know. I click like this little star and then a one appeared. So I think that means that I gave it like a point. Like, I have no idea how this works. <laughs> well, awesome. Once, once again, uh, thank you for hanging out with us. And uh, what we wanted to talk about, uh, Dave and I, uh, obviously, because we have the podcast, the Saw Goodman. I don't, I don't know if you checked it out, and I don't expect you to. But um, you know, we got. I have checked it out. Oh, awesome! Wonderful! Wonderful! Yeah. Well, I hope I hope we didn't say anything too offensive or stupid. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm sure that we did, but we appreciate you checking it out. Yeah. Absolutely not. I love it. It's great. In, in uh, Better Call Saul, your portrayal of uh, Betsy Kettleman w- was super, uh, super memorable. Uh, and fans seem to both love and hate that character. <laughs> kind of love to hate that character. I know yeah, I love they to, love hate, to that hate that character. And uh, you, you, there's actually a term for the fans of uh, Betsy Kettleman, the Kettleheads. How yes, that's true. There is a group of there is a group called the Kettleheads. I love it. I love it so much. They're great. And sometimes they hashtag give themselves Team Kettleman as well. But there is there's a Facebook group. There's a Twitter group. It's really it's really cool. It's not what you expect with a character like Betsy, right? That's what we're thinking. I feel like it was when I when I was a little kid. My mom was way into Dallas, and um, I feel like it's a little bit like Jr. on mm-hmm. Dallas. Like everyone kind of loves to hate Jr. Um, <laughs> or enjoyed talking about how insane he was or yeah it's great i love i i love betsy I, I don't think we've really quite had a woman like her on television i feel really feel really lucky that she was entrusted to me right and and, and it really shows in your performance it, it seems like you know you just dive head in with it and when you get a reaction from fans like that and they're creating like facebook pages and and fan pages that that's just got to be like an incredibly great validation of your work um it's 
I think it's a validation of the work of the entire group. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I am, I'm really flattered and thrilled to have, uh, to have people liking my performance on it for sure. But the, the writing is so wonderful. They took the character in such, they really took what I sort of brought to it and ran with it in their own direction and took her to such a great place. Uh, I mean, like, even the, the breakdown in 107, um, in the house was a gift. You know, it like gave another dimension to her. So I think even all the way to Jennifer Bryan's great costumes, like they start out kind of ill-fitting, like Betsy knows that she's a politician's wife and she's supposed to go buy a skirt suit, but she buys it in lime green and it doesn't quite <laughs> fit right. So there's uh, like there's such a team, a happy team effort going on there that I, I think it's a really nice recognition for the whole group. It's, it's, uh, it's lovely. Yeah, that's you, a great politically correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually mean that. I mean, I don't, that's not true all the time when you're on television, but that's, it's true in this case. Like we, in the first episode, Vince Gilligan directed it. Um, and Sony and AMC were gracious enough to give us extra time to shoot the first episode. And so we explored the characters on set. That whole thing where the Kettlemen sort of finish each other's sentences is, uh, we found with Vince on set, that sort of Altman-like thing where we talk over each other, and um, that's such a relationship thing. I mean, that's such, that, that indicates relationship without ever having to use exposition for it. So, it, it, it really, it really, it really was a group effort. That said, I was obsessed when I was, when we were shooting with <laughs> Betsy. I was, um, when I wasn't there, when I wasn't on set, I was obsessed with, like, the Governor McDonald trial with he and his wife in Virginia, and, um, uh, I've reached back for like the Bell County scandal in California, like people who really believe they did nothing wrong. Hmm. Um, and, uh, like right up to the very end, like still believe they did nothing wrong. And if it <laughs> is illegal, it shouldn't be. So I became fascinated with like real life examples of it. I was watching all of these YouTube videos of people who seem nice on the outside, but you look at them and go, who is buried in your backyard? And there are real people putting themselves on YouTube this way. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> So it was, I, I did become Betsy of Beth for sure. Um, I mean, lucky for my husband, I'm not actually Betsy in real life, but I did become <laughs> Betsy of Beth for sure. You're, you're, you're the original Kettlehead. <laughs> I am the original Kettlehead. Yeah, Jeremy Seamus and I got really uh, dorky about it. Uh, we would send each other videos. We would send each other articles. Um, uh, I, I, we, it really... It was the most explorative process I've ever had as an actor, for sure. That's geeky actor talk. But that said, it is weird. I mean, as an actor, like, you know, there's a little meme going around. There's a little Vine video going around of Betsy running for the money. Like, that's crazy to me. I don't, I don't, I'm used to, like, flying a little more below the radar, you know? I'm used to, like, showing up and hopefully doing good work and um, going on to my next gig. So it's, it's exciting. It's really nice that people have latched on to Betsy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, we interviewed Ray Seahorn, and uh, she went oh, into... Oh, She was awesome. Yeah, she was super cool with us and, and, like, understood, like, where we're at and joked around with us. I think she dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, she went through, she detailed her audition process and how elaborate it was. And it was like multi-tiered and uh, they kind of kept like the character names were hidden and, and, but they used the real dialogue and stuff like that. Was your audition process anything like that? Or did they ask you to be on? 
Um, how was that so come about? Mine wasn't as multi-tiered as Ray's was. She's a series regular on the show, and my character was originally hired just as a guest star, and then we wound up recurring um, because they um, liked what we were doing. So uh, my my character's name was Mrs. Philpot. <laughs> in the original size, which I thought was really funny. Kind of and, um, yeah, and it, the scene was not, it wasn't the actual scene from the first episode. It was something that sort of lent itself to that. So I, we were in a diner talking to someone, but it wasn't a lawyer. It was, and it was about something we did wrong or not did wrong. I mean, it was, it was, it lent to that, but it wasn't a, an actual scene from the script. So I think they were super careful from the beginning um, not to uh, release anything that they thought would give anything away, um, even for my character. And I, I have to be honest with you, when I read it, I read it as like a 50-year-old Aunt B. Like when I read it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a giant Breaking Bad fan, and I am not right for this. Like I, I read it, and I was like, ah. So when I auditioned, I put myself on tape in New York for it because I was in New York at the time. And, and um, when I auditioned, I thought, well, I'll just make this work on me and hopefully they'll see me for something else down the road. Like, I thought I had no shot whatsoever wow. at Betsy. Hmm. So um, it was a big surprise. And then they passed my tape around. So I did it and sort of walked away from it. And then three weeks later, I got a phone call that, um, they wanted me to to do it to play the role, so it was that was kind of shocking to me. That happens every now and then when you're an actor, um, but I really did not think I was right for it when I read it. Um, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you pulled it off, and I mean, maybe I guess geeking out on it, it, it worked for whatever you well, did because it became, you have fans. It became something else. Like when they cast me, it became it, it morphed into something else. So. Um, I'm not sure what Vince saw that what made and Peter saw that made them go, yeah, that. But um, and it, it just wasn't quite how I read it in my head. But um, I'm grateful that they did, and it sort of it became something else in the first episode, and then it continued to to evolve as we as we went episode to episode throughout the season. They we got really lucky that they were willing to sort of uh, redo their idea of what what the Pelicans were going to be. They weren't ever supposed to be quite as involved in the story as they were. So um, I'm grateful for that. That's fascinating. Because we always just thought like it's such a natural fit as, right. part of, as part of Jimmy's evolution to go through what he went through with the Kettlemans. Yeah. You know, what was your, right. Well, I love, that's one of my favorite things about Bessie is that she is both Jimmy's first corruption and Mike. Oh, that's like correct. She, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's not, not, well, I guess Mike in the past was sort of a corrupt cop, but like in, in, in his life now, right? yeah, that's right. She's like his first, quote, sort of illegal job that he takes. And um, I, I love that about her. I love that she looks like, you know, a Midwestern housewife of some kind and <laughs> um, has that weird, bizarre smile going on until you really piss her off. And then... And then she winds up, it's not Nacho that corrupts them, it's her. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, when I read 104, I was like, that's so great, because that's the, the, the episode of the scene where she bribes Jimmy with the cash. And I just loved it so much. I was like, please don't let this get changed. It's amazing. Yeah. 
what what was your reaction when, when you 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 know you're going about your daily business and what what was your reaction when you get the phone call and uh, they're like, hey, you got the part, like this is you. How did you react to that? Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys something I haven't told anybody. Awesome. It's all good, man. When I got the when I got the phone call, I was at the at the time I was um, I was getting ready to direct a uh, a one person show in New York, and we didn't have any money, um, and it had like 32 costumes in the show, so oh. I was shopping at Salvation Army for. <laughs> um, was I at Goodwill? No, I was at Goodwill. I was shopping at a Goodwill when my agent called me to tell me I got the part. Like, I was standing in a Goodwill in a terrible neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> with a giant cart full of, like, Goodwill clothes <laughs> that I thought would work for the show. And I, so I, like, go into the corner of the Goodwill, and they're like, you can't tell anybody. So I couldn't even say out loud what the show was. I couldn't even say, oh, my God, I got Better Call Saul. They're like, you can't say anything because I was <laughs> in public. Like, it was the most, it was one of the most bizarre experiences. It, it was, it felt like out of the twilight zone, you know? Yeah, Dave. It was amazing. Dave and I, every once in a while, we'll get like a good review on iTunes, and we geek out. So I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only, I can only imagine when people that are doing like actual stuff, <laughs> like, like gets the good call. You know, like I'll text Dave. I'll be like, well, oh, we got I four mean, out of five well, stars. It's, it's High so five. funny that Ray's story was you hilarious. Know? Also, about when she found out, I was like, does that all they do is like find a way to make you guys geek out or you know, like, right? Yeah, like drop you at the most in you know, time. <laughs> I mean, it's such a they. There was such like it was. Breaking God was such an iconic show, and and there Vince and Peter and all those guys are such amazing filmmakers. Period. Like they could be doing movies, they could be doing whatever they wanted. Yeah. And to, for somebody to call you and say Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould picked you, I mean that's that moment is huge as an actor. I mean it's really validating. It's really nice. And I also like when they told me, I said. The Mrs. Philpot part? I got the Mrs. Philpot part. They're like, don't say the character name. I'm like, isn't it fake? Don't say the fake character name. Like, I was like, are you sure I got that part? Can you call them back and make sure that that's the part? It's not another part. Like, I couldn't. I, I it was, it was a lot. It, it was, um, I couldn't believe it. And the idea of sort of, I had such a lucky year. I sort of went from Fargo to. Better Call Saul, and that's such... Who gets to do that as an actor? Like, who gets to play in those worlds as an actor? Who gets to say that was my year? I, I just... I couldn't believe it. It was great. And I was at a Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> you touched uh, earlier yeah. about how you and Jeremy Seamus um, de developed the characters. Um, how, uh, I, I believe I heard somewhere that you guys would actually go... Uh, but you mentioned, like, sending videos, but didn't you guys actually go out around town as the Kettlemans and kind of develop the characters? Well, we didn't we didn't set out to go around town as the Kettlemans. We I mean we wound up we would always fly in and fly out together, right? So we would get checked into the hotel and then call each other and say, You wanna go to you wanna go to the grocery store? And we'd go to the grocery store and share a cart and we would start it would become some weird Kettleman act. Like everything became and we'd be like, You wanna go to breakfast at the eggs at the sunrise eggs place? And it would <laughs> sort of it would morphed into some weird Kettleman relationship thing. So it was, it was, I mean, we would wind up at the macaroni grill for dinner. And is, 
as some, I don't want to say fully at the Kettleman's because that would be just horrible for any waitress, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, at, but it would always morph into like us sort of dorkily walking around <laughs> as the Kettleman's. We were, um, uh... so I think, yeah, I mean, the nature of how we shot, I think it helped us too. It was very, a very symbiotic relationship. And I never felt like whenever, whenever I got a script, I never felt like I had her. Like I really, had really stepped back into Betsy's skin until I was with Jeremy running the line. David, or I, with Jeremy improvising. David and I were yeah. talking before uh, before we got on the phone with you. Um, how funny it'd be if you guys did like a YouTube series where you guys, as the Kettlemans, just go out into like everyday life and the way that like Betsy is so domineering <laughs> yeah. over Craig and have somebody have somebody film like real people's reactions to yeah. <laughs> to, to this woman that's completely no. in control and like pulling this pulling the strings of her husband all day. That would that would be hilarious, right? But you would you would stay on, keep the camera on the people reacting to it, right? Yeah, like, be- so they would be. What is <laughs> <laughs> I know we only have a, a few more minutes with you, but uh, one one of the things we also uh, wanted to ask was you mentioned before the scene where uh, you know Mike comes in and steals the money, and then as the camera pans out, you're you're kind of um, you know admonishing the kids because they they find like some of the money on the toy truck. Was that actually scripted dialogue that the audience just couldn't hear, or or were you just like riffing off the top of your head and? And making the motion so So they gave us they gave us that that it was never intended to actually be heard, that dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, they gave us like two pages of what they call pocket dialogue, um, as it and just said this is a jumping off place. Talk about something like this. So we sort of started from there and then it just became completely improvisational. And Jeremy actually was hilarious. I hope someday they released the D V D. I mean the, the part where he came in with the money and we're talking to each other, he was like, I accused him of playing with it. He accused me one extent. I mean, there was a whole elaborate three-act play going on inside oh. that house that that the sound guys, the, only the sound guys were privy to, and they <laughs> were laughing. So they were hiding in the corner laughing. It was, it was great. Well, I, I hope we get to hear yeah. that sometime. Yeah, we did. You know, Peter Gould has joked around that we, because we also did, the Kettleman's were so, the, the headspace is so specific um, that it's not, you, you don't easily flow in and out of it. And, um, or the, their thought process is so specific. And so we would start, you would improvise into and out of scenes. So we would, when they would say rolling before action was said, we would start like improvising with each other. That, I think that started in the first episode. In the uh, law firm, I was like, I started tucking in Jeremy's shirt. Like, it, it's stuff that we'll <laughs> never, ever see. And then if there was a break in between things, we would improvise in between, um, like in the scene of 107 in the diner, Bob. They, they rolled that whole scene as one scene. So he, he did the scene with him, and then he would walk out through the long shot and then come back in. So... Uh, as if he had been on the phone in the bathroom and then come back and we improvised through that. And <laughs> it was mostly an effort, it was mostly an effort just to stay in character with each other. And Peter Gould was joked that they, that he, they want to make a DVD extra out of it. I hope they do. It was really funny. I hope Really they do. like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't intended necessarily to be funny. That wasn't our goal. It was our goal just to sort of be the Kettleman's. The Kettleman's are so screwed up and so funny. <laughs> so it's just, it was, yeah, it was it was interesting. We did a lot of improvisation with each other to sort of find who they were and, and uh, what their 
relationship together was. Do you think we'll see any of the uh, Kettlemans in season two? Um, I, I I can tell you that if 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 it made sense in the story, I would move heaven and earth to make that happen. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter Peter Gould said, has said in two different in- interviews, one on Deadline, and I think one in the Hollywood Reporter, that they, they're writing season two right now, and mm-hmm. the Kettlemans are uh, they have a sideboard of characters they'd like to see show up, and the Kettlemans are at the top of that list. So I think that would be awesome. I think it makes it can only. This, the purpose of the show is how does Jimmy McGill become Saul Goodman. So if it can serve that purpose, uh, that would be great. I would love to not be, I would love to not be done playing Betsy Kettleman. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to step into her shoes for a while longer. I would love to see what she does when a man she now clearly hates takes away her money, her home, and her ability to feed her kids because she has no job. So I would love <laughs> to see what happens next with her. You know, I mean, she has no job, and they just took all of her money, and they just put her husband in jail. Like I'm <laughs> in the fantasy of my little mind. I am fascinated by what happens next to her. Well, I, I hope we all get to see what happens next. And uh, just to wrap it up, our last question is: uh, What is your favorite frozen pizza? What is my favorite frozen pizza? Yeah. DiGiorno. Oh, okay. DiGiorno cheese. <laughs> except for, except for you got to cook it till the crust is like crunchy, right? And yeah. then, you, and you got to put extra cheese on top of it. Oh. Like you got to get some shredded cheese. You got to get some shredded cheese and like add to it a lot. I know what I'm you doing know? tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Julie, uh, congrats on a great first season. You you did uh, wonderful things in the show. Uh, I hope we see more of the Kettlemans. Uh, maybe we can have you back sometime uh, during or after season two. You you always have an open invitation. Yeah, and any other projects you'd like to promote. Thank you. I would love that. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much for hanging out with Dave and I today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking a little kettleman action. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Thank you, guys. Best of luck. Thank you. Better call Saul, Saul. You better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man. Justice for all. Mm-hmm.